0: Everybody, well you are in for possibly one of the most delightful, insightful episodes to date with Humble the Poet. He has an amazing book out, How to Be Loved. And gosh, I mean we kinda cover everything. It, for me I was selfishly really excited for this chat. He talks a lot about um, simple truths for going easy on yourself. I notoriously am really hard on myself, so we kind of unpack that a little bit, along with other amazing things, heaps of tokens for you to take home. You will absolutely love it and love him. This is Pretty Depressed with Humble first place I wanted to start was actually with your book because when I read the logline I was like of course Joanne is sending this to me um you know simple truths for going easy on yourself I don't know how much she's informed you about myself but I have anxiety and depression and A lot of it comes down to my negative self-talk. I can be so amazing for other people and be of service, and that brings me a lot of joy, but I've had a lot of trouble finding grace with myself. So (laughs) as soon as I told my partner and my mom, I was like, oh, it's about learning how to go easy on yourself. They were like, well, take notes. I was like, yeah, that's that's literally the goal. (laughs) Um, So I guess my first place would be why why that topic, and do you relate to that?
1: Yeah, I I think... I think what it is 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 so often we we focus on the external kind of constraints that we have in our lives whether it's a day job whether it's expectations of our family whether it's you know societal pressures all of these things and i think somebody like me who you know i i'm I'm self employed now i'm 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 living on my own i'm doing all of these things so i've I've made efforts and moves to kind of be unplugged from a lot of the external challenges and then what that only does it reveals all the prisons you are internally
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know the voices in your head the pressure mm-hmm. you put on yourself you start to realize that those are way more important mm-hmm. than the external you know a nagging parent or a, a friend that doesn't respect your boundaries that the ones that you have on the inside are way more so I think for me going easy on yourself like that's something that we all we all deal with and um you know forgetting the finality of life like it, it can't be this intense And and it was something that, you know, my goal with this book is just to like get people's shoulders to drop a little bit and relax a little bit and just, you know, not clench themselves and not have, you know, not be so tense because we are constantly in that, you know, based off narratives we tell ourselves, you know, in our minds Mm. And, and there's no value to it. There's no value that comes from that. You can you know grit your teeth and 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 pound your head against the wall and get some great things done but you're just telling yourself that this is how it will have to be forever and i Mm -hmm. think you know operating in a little bit more flow will slow things down it's not going to necessarily take away your progress in life um it's just going to reframe it and i think that's just something really important so going easy on yourself um you know is actually an efficient way to conduct your life
0: it's interesting because as you're saying that I, my little voice is like, but that's lazy. Like all of those like uh, judgments that I put on myself because I get all my validation from achievement and doing things and being busy. And I love it when people are like, you're so busy. Like, how do you find time? And I I love that. That's like a drug mm-hmm. to me. I'm like, "Ooh, I'm high functioning. <laughs> um but it's to my own detriment. I often suffer burnout. You know, my body gives up before my brain does. So I take pride in being busy. So I don't know if you have any advice to that. This won't just turn into my own therapy session with you. We'll get into it.
1: I mean, mean, I'm I'm definitely not a licensed therapist. So, you know, take my words with a grain of salt, but you know, one of my good friends is um, an entertainer creator by the name of Lily Singh. And she's one of the most popular creators, on the internet
0: Uh on the planet deserving planet yeah and um
1: she works extremely hard and i think a lot of my success came from just being in the same atmosphere as her and knowing that even if i worked half as hard as her it's still twice as hard as most people Mm -hmm. and it was probably during the pandemic as i was putting a lot more pressure on myself and it was a conversation with her she's like look like your goal right now is to stay alive your goal is to have fun be happy be around people you like and hearing that from somebody who you know, you work so hard to, 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 to seem like you're up to par with them. So they respect your productivity. And for her to be like, it's not a big deal. Like stop treating it like it's such a big deal. Like it's okay. If you know, you don't get your, you don't meet your deadlines. It's okay. If nobody reads your book, it's okay. If these things happen, like these aren't, you know, this isn't the reason we we exist. And I think that took a lot of stress off for me. And I think it's also recognizing that a lot of that is external in the context of self-esteem and, you know, there's a very big difference between self-esteem and self-respect. And I think we we chase one when we don't have the other. And oh if God, I think if we- so,
0: That's so true. I'm so confident, but I don't respect the way I eat. I don't treat my body with respect. I kind of like almost self-sabotage myself in a well, way. And, of and many so of us long. do.
1: And this yeah. goes back to going easy on yourself, like many of yeah. us do, and that's common. And, mm-hmm. and, and at the same time, you know, we, you know, Modern society is max 200 years old, but, you know, the creatures that we are, at least in this present form, is at least 40,000 years old. And, you know, most of our choices and decisions and behaviors, you know, were optimized for small communities. Uh, In a small community, gaining acceptance from your Mm -hmm. tribe mattered. It was a matter of life and death. So that's why when it feels like we're not being likable or we're not being accepted, it feels like death you know yes. it's old software that's no longer relevant but that's not going to get the software is not going to go anywhere anytime soon and we do have these negative biases because negative biases will keep you alive those are for survival if you go on your emotion if you go if you you know google emotion wheel it shows you all the emotions a human can feel over 70 percent of them would be categorized as negative because there's very little learning and progress that come from being happy you know so being paranoid, being sad, being scared, these illicit survivals, these illicit actions. So I think from that context, you know, we chase self esteem, because we fear not being liked, we fear not being accepted. And also self esteem is external. So it's as you said, people say, I'm so busy, they see it, Mm -hmm. you know, versus the stuff that's actually going to improve your quality of living would be, you know, sitting in a room by yourself, quietly, with no outside distractions, completely by yourself, no one's gonna see that, you know? Uh, focusing on, you know, creating, a you know, that's,
0: that's for a long time my biggest fear. I would avoid that being alone and being with my thoughts like the plague because everything would bubble up and it wasn't Good. until someone said, you know, what you don't deal with will deal with you and it took, you know, just pandemic and that to like really feel and then feel overwhelmed by everything like, oh man, there's so much work I have to do and it just feeling too much because I had just done band-aid behavior of like, if I just keep busy mm. um which i'm sure is relatable to a lot of people as i think well. for
1: everybody i think the, you know yeah. the pandemic slowed everything down for a moment and everybody kind of looked around like wait a minute like what am i doing in my exist like you know you take a look at your closet for a second and you're like oh my god all these clothes are just for work i only own this car for work but then i'm only working to pay for these clothes in these cars you know what i mean and it's like yeah you get a second to kind of stop and think for a moment and you're like, okay. And we live in a world of endless distractions because when people are distracted, they're not being present when they're not present, they're not going to be making the right decisions. And they're more susceptible to influence and the influence that, you know, our world wants is for you to contribute to an economy, you know, buy shit, be happy. And it's, it's that idea where if we slowed, you know, if everybody, if everybody spent an hour alone, you know call it meditation just call it doing nothing call it whatever you want if everybody spent that one hour a day you know our economy would probably crumble because people would stop medicating with external things to make themselves feel better Mm -hmm. and that's that's the thing with that and it doesn't cost any money there's no secret to doing like just sit do nothing and there's no right or wrong way to do nothing Mm -hmm. and building that relationship with ourselves will then, you know, establish healthier relationships with those around us.
0: How did you get to this place? Because I'm sure you've done the work. I mean, just from your verbiage, I can I can hear that you've obviously been doing a lot of self-work in your journey too. did it start with something or have you always been kind of chasing this feeling in this season of life?
1: Um, No, I think as with everybody who Gains a level of insight. It just comes from doing a lot of dumb things and, and making mistakes, and yeah. um, taking a little bit extra time to think about how did I get here versus uh, thinking that life wasn't treating me fair. But there was there were times where you know I, I made poor decisions and I thought I was a victim of life. Um, and I think just coming across insights. I think you know one of the first insights that probably really woke me up was, um, you know, your problems aren't your fault, but they're your responsibility. And when you focus on what your responsibility is, you find your power. And I think Mm -hmm. for a long time, I enjoyed feeling sorry for myself. And that makes me powerless, but it gives me this kind of fast food feeling of like self pity that makes me feel so amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. Temporarily, it's delicious. It's not nutritious. It's self pity is delicious. And then when I started looking at situations, situations that were clearly, you know, anybody on the outside would like, you know, I've been violently robbed, for example, Mm -hmm. um, You know, I don't, nobody would blame me for feeling sorry for myself after that, but there's no power in that. So I would be like, well, what could I have done? Mm. You know, maybe I could have taken a different route home. Maybe I could have not made myself so evidently visible. It was two in the morning in a city I didn't belong in or a city I'm not from, you know, I don't understand the ways of this world and this part of the world. And, um, that allows me some power And that allows me some ability to have some control over a situation moving forward and i think that kind of started this journey for me as well as a couple of other mistakes that i've made where i started taking ownership and that got me kind of looking a lot deeper at it um and and the the verb and the verbiage also comes from the fact that i was an elementary school teacher so for years um we were looking to you know how do you take an idea and make it digestible to an eight-year-old and I think so that's how I started speaking to myself. And then you start to realize that, you know, even when you're not speaking to an eight-year-old, you're speaking to somebody's inner child. And, you know, so keeping it simple, you know, so I have general rules, like no words bigger than mayonnaise in my book. And and that allows, you know, that allows for um accessibility to more people. You know, I don't I don't need to sound smart. You know, and I think from 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 my for for me, that was part of this journey as well, which was like, you know, it's for any any type of art. All it is, is how many times you revisit it, how many times you hack away at the unessentials, uh, how often you add a certain an additional layer of creativity to it. Um, And for me, I think that required just how often are you revisiting something? So, you know, if some if I if something unpleasant occurred, I would spend a lot more time um, observing it. You know, instead of simply absorbing it and then just living with it and then not uh, addressing it or processing it um, and trying to bury it down, understanding that, listen, like we don't even have to be aware of our traumas to feel their consequences you know?
0: Oh, I'm well aware of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
0: I like, I'm such a perfectionist that, uh, you know, in therapy, it's, I'm like, cool. I've almost done like, great. Almost figured it all out. And then someone will say something. I'm like, Oh God, there's another box to unpack. Like no more mm. boxes. <laughs> oh,
1: it's endless. It's, uh, the analogy I use is like you jump a fence and you think you've escaped the prison. And then you, you while you're running, you run into another fence and it's just <laughs> endless fences and it's a, uh, you know, and, and and it's 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 an endless journey, and I think that's okay. And I know even when you know I started therapy, you know, saying to my therapist, I don't know where to start, and her being, like, it doesn't matter, it's all connected.
0: We'll get there, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's all connected, and you're gonna start to see the patterns. And um so I think for me, that's kind of how I got on this journey, and and it's continuous. And now. Um, as things are going well for me in, in my in my career. And, and again, my career is just taking these topics, learning about them and sharing my notes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, never claiming to be an expert in anything I write about, but more uh, the student at the front of the class. And um, that puts me in a, a situation, you know, where I start to realize what my process is. And, you know, part of writing a book is going for a two hour walk. Part of it's literally sitting on a bench and doing nothing and just watching people.
0: According to Instagram, part of it's also just like scrolling.
1: <laughs> yeah, just scrolling on Instagram and you know doing all the fun stuff and you know making funny videos now to promote the book and yeah. but it, there, there's, something, there's something there where you start to realize it's like okay, this is my this is my role in society. My role in society is where everybody else is so busy working, 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 and and, those, and they're doing important jobs, you know, the air traffic controllers, doctors, plumbers, whatever it may be, they're doing these important jobs. So my contribution to this is creating the art that, you know, they have time to consume and, and brings down their blood pressure after a long day of work.
0: I love that. Um, I do want to circle back to something because uh, I, and a lot of people probably have someone in their life who, and perhaps this is not way to frame it, but sort of who plays victim where where life is happening to them and they're not accountable for it. And it's been one of my um, least desirable qualities and others like I feel like people who people on the flip side, people who take accountability for actions or behavior or their role in things is extremely attractive to me. How would you say, or is there a cure or is there a way to discuss with someone if you feel like they are in a season of victim mindset and pushing people away, you know, like that you're not someone who was maybe a mate who you now don't enjoy hanging out with, like they're very negative and they kind of are in that mindset. Is there a magic cure or a way to try and work someone out of it? Or is it everyone's own journey in their own time and leave them to it?
1: Um, I, I think, you know, I think looking at it with empathy, self-pity is, as, as I said, it's the fast food version of connection. Yeah. You know, we all desire connection in the cheapest, quickest, easiest, most convenient way to establish connection is with yourself by saying nobody understands what I'm going through. No one's ever gone through what I've gone through, you know, like somebody who experiences their first heartbreak has to conveniently forget that there's a million songs about heartbreak like this. you ain't the first one. It might be your first, but you're not the first one. And they rely on the specific details of their story to make it seem like it's unique, you Mm -hmm. know, when really heartbreak is I wanted to be with someone they don't want to be with me or in some way they showed me that and now I don't have what I want. So my heart feels broken and that's their way of disconnecting themselves from other people and isolating themselves from other people so they can feel that, you know, that sort of instant gratification of like nobody gets it but me um, mm. and wanting to be seen for that. So, you know, them calling you with the same complaints, uh, mm. with the same issues, but maybe different stories, you know, that's what that is. And I think the antidote to that, um, is really you as an individual recognizing that you have bandwidth, you know, you have limited time, energy, focus, attention that you can provide anybody. And Mm -hmm. it's about establishing boundaries. It's about letting them know. Um, And I know I've recently I have a friend who I've known for like eight years and I feel like I've been hearing the same story, which is a different a different girl's name every time. Mm -hmm. And we got to a point like, listen, it doesn't matter what she did. It doesn't matter what she said. The issue is the same. You have anxiety in your relationship with yourself. That's why you have anxiety when she doesn't text you back. That's why you have anxiety when she spends a week with you and doesn't leave you alone. The anxiety is not, it's not her. It's you. She's just showing you where your anxiety is. She is your teacher. She is not the cause of any of this. And anxiety is not your enemy. Anxiety is the message. Now, I don't want to hear these stories anymore because it, it doesn't seem like you're making that effort. Now, that's me being really harsh to somebody that I've known for years. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he, he knows I love him and he knows that's, that's, that's how we communicate with each other and it's fine. But what I, what I realize is when you establish it's easily being, like, Hey, look, I'm going, I'm having a tough day. I want to be here to receive you, but I, I don't have it today. I don't have the bandwidth for it. So, mm-hmm. and letting them know that way, because oftentimes they don't realize that they're just dumping stuff on you. Um, you know, a lot, of, oftentimes people, and I, and I tell this to people all the time, like even though you know because people don't so certain people don't believe in therapy like even though you don't believe in therapy you still have a therapist they're just somebody who doesn't have the tools to help you yeah
0: yeah somebody's not qualified yeah, yeah, and, yeah.
1: And, and there's somebody who cares deeply about you and you're just chipping away at them because mm-hmm. they're not in a position you know they want to help they don't know how to help they're subconsciously giving you bad advice because they're probably just recruiting you to whatever lifestyle they have you know whenever i to talk to any of my friends about relationship advice I can quickly hear that they're just telling me their story you know and 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 it's fine and i'm like you know and at the same time too they don't have the bandwidth to hear everything they got their own lives their own problems as everybody does but with a professional therapist this is somebody not only with the tools their job is to be there for you you know Mm -hmm. and you know not only have empathy but also attunement their job is to effectively communicate that they are not just they know what it feels like to be in your shoes but they know what it feels like to be in your skin you know, and and that's really a really important um thing that we require because what we're chasing is feeling seen. So for me, um I fortunately have kind of cultivated an environment where I don't have any social interactions with people that whose whose presence I don't like in any capacity. Um and if somebody does feel heavy, I have that conversation with them. I've had to have that conversation and tell people, hey, like, look, you you know, we've been going through this for a while now like, you need a therapist and mm. helping another friend right now who just got out of an abusive relationship and she keeps talking about what her next man will be and like no 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 your next relationship is with a therapist
0: yeah yeah and, yeah it, and
1: I just continually say get a therapist when's where's your therapist get your therapist and then you know and then you can hear the hesitancy and the fear and all of that but being like look nothing's going to change if you don't do something different so you know there's that but it's also again self-love is is Honoring your boundaries and saying, look, this is what I can afford, this is the time I can afford to give you. Mm. This is what I can, you know, and after that I have to go. And then very often with these friends, I I will I'll make myself available during drives. And you know, I'll have my GPS on and be like, you have exactly 26 minutes. <laughs> and often and, 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 and again, like
0: That's great. That's yeah,
1: good. And they feel better just from saying it out loud because oftentimes the, you know, and I hear them be like, Oh, and now that I'm saying it out loud, it doesn't sound like you know, as intense as it felt. I'm like, yeah, because you, you leave them and you leave those thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to see a therapist, I think, you know, the only people that I would say can get away in life without having a therapist are people who religiously journal religiously every single day, maybe even twice a day, start mm-hmm. your day journaling, end your day journaling. Then you may, may not need a therapist. Cause a lot of the, all we're doing is, re- again, healing comes from revealing, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just about getting it out there. Anxiety, and and regret are often just the same thoughts haunting us over and over in our heads. And they're fragmented, mm-hmm. you know. And it's no different than trying to be productive, thinking you have a million things to do, making your to do list you're like, Oh, actually it's seven things. It felt like a million things, but it was actually just seven things. And I do I just, that all
0: the time. Look at yeah. this. I've got like this list on my whiteboard. And then I'm Amazing. like, that almost doesn't look like enough. So I put other things on it. <laughs>
1: like, I'm like, it's like, You, you, you put a it. thing under that, figure out more things to do, but oftentimes, <laughs> but it feels like a lot in your head. Yeah. And that's the important thing, which is like, you know, like get it out into the sun. The sun is a great disinfectant. Say it out loud, write it down, all of that. And that's the reason therapy is beautiful because it's encouraging you to do that. And your therapist is often asking probing questions. To get you to to say and do more and reflect more and oftentimes it's just about taking it one layer deeper you tell the story then you talk about the feelings around the story then you talk about your thoughts around those feelings you know it's just it's just these layers you know the more layers that you can visit you know the more insight you'll gain from this then you start to pick up on patterns and when you start picking up patterns in your life that's self-awareness which to me is the most important religion anyone should practice, which is just become more self-aware. Notice your patterns, you know, be aware of how you're difficult to be around, be aware of your strengths, be aware of your areas of improvement. And, and, and not based off what people tell you, based off on, on what you know for yourself. And then become aware of how people view you, because that's still important. You know, it doesn't mean you have to completely evaluate, but you have to be aware of it. Yeah. So I think that's that's the way I would address somebody who's going through that. But you have to realize cuz the other thing too is oftentimes um people who like to receive others and this is this is not always but this is often um they do it so they can disguise um their inability to be vulnerable. So you call me with all your problems um and you're so wrapped up in your problems you don't even notice that I don't share any of mine. I just I just hear you out. And that's my way of having a fake relationship with you that's not based off vulnerability and connection. It's just based off me feeling valued because I'm needed and you feeling valued because you kind of feel seen. But in the long run, that actually creates a level of resentment because i am it's a one way relationship, mm. you know, and that resentment will grow. So I think it's really important to est- establishing boundaries is the best way to never resent the people in your lives.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Um, you do talk a lot about fear and having relationship with fear. Um, people might find that a weird kind of idea, perhaps. Um, I just was watching one of your videos about, you know, like we're going to have fear whatever. It's about embracing it and acknowledging it for what it is. Is that something that you believe like is part of this book as well, of learning how to self-love, being aware of what you're afraid of and kind of like leaning into it anyway? Is that? the Yeah, I
1: think it's it's also often that like I'm just thinking of a friend who's like, you know, if I break up with my boyfriend and he doesn't call me 10 times panicking, then it's not real love. I was like. (laughs) How did you associate panic with love? Like that's fear.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's
1: not. I love you. That's I'm afraid to lose you, and my fear of loneliness is making me lose my shit. You know, yeah. that's not. There's no love there. But but what she's what she's really getting from that is external validation, which mm. you know again isn't long. That that's again it's it's McDonald's, it's fast food. Um, it's delicious in the short in the short term. So I think for me what I'm what I've recognized is, you know, again our a lot of our fear, our fight or flight you know, that, that, that system within us was designed to keep us alive from physical danger, you know, and now that we've kind of cultivated environments where we're not often in any physical danger, um, our fight or flight system is kind of, you know, it's it's become wonky and it gets activated at the wrong time. So now it gets activated over an awkward conversation or it gets activated over having to send somebody an email or asking somebody for a favor. And, that releases the cortisol, you know, like the cortisol that comes from fight or flight, but like, you know, in prehistoric times, that gave you the energy to run or fight, right? Mm -hmm. Now that cortisol is is, is coming out, it it doesn't serve a purpose when you're typing an email and that cortisol actually chips away at us, you know? It's like that, that, you know, people go gray from stress. That's from the cortisol, right? So it's important to kind of recognize that we're stressing ourselves out and we're stressing ourselves to death through fear, so having a relationship with fear, it's much like working out. It's like, you know, if I ask you to help me move a couch and you don't spend any time doing any physical activity, you'll probably hurt yourself trying mm-hmm. to lift the couch. But if you will go to the gym every single day and then, you know, you do deadlifts or, or squats or whatever, and then I ask you to help me lift a couch, your body is prepared for that. Right. And you're less likely to injure yourself and you can be more efficient. So it's the same thing in fear. If we volu- so and the reason you can do that is because you're voluntarily ripping your muscles. You're voluntarily lifting heavy things instead of waiting for uh when you you need to lift a heavy thing. It's the same thing. Put yourself in voluntary voluntarily put yourself in scary situations so you can re-regulate your fight or flight. So then it actually it actually triggers when it's supposed to trigger. So mm-hmm. for me, you know, the two ways were ice baths and cold showers you know, cause when you sit What's in the time? ice,
0: how, how long are you doing these ice baths for? I'm very new on my ice bath journey. When people say focus on your breath, my mind is like how quick it's going and how terrified the breath is. Is that yeah. what Like I'm so early in the journey, but I aspire to be, you know, I'm all about so, working. On uh, it.
1: Yeah, no. So the first time I, I, I did it, I did it in Poland with Wim Hof with a bunch of, you know, like alpha dudes and, you know, we were like going for the record and, I think I did okay. 13 minutes before, like I, I couldn't feel my toes. Then later on, you know, and Wim has a, he has an entire roster of doctors and medical professionals that, that help with this. Uh, I did another Wim Hof training in Utah. And then the doctor said, she goes, listen, morons, you don't go on the ice for more than two minutes. This isn't a, this isn't a, this isn't approving proving how long you can stay in the ice. This it is kind of
0: is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> like,
1: you know, yeah, to
0: us it was. like, no,
1: yeah. She's like, your toes are gonna fall off. She's like, don't do that. She goes, listen, it's about how quickly you can bring yourself to peace within that two minutes, and then when you get out of the ice, it's about how quickly can you get, bring your body back to normal in terms of temperature. She goes, it's not about how long you can stay in the ice. So. Well then you, I've been
0: horribly misinformed. I was like, the better you are, the better you are mentally, the longer you can yeah, last. No,
1: yeah. No, because the truth is when you sit in the ice, the longer you stay in the ice, the easier it gets because your body adapts, whether your mind adapts or not. You know, so right. if somebody chains you into the ice and you have no option to get out, your body will figure it out because you know we're we're very resilient creatures. Yeah. And um, uh, as Dr. Trish told me, she said there's just no medical benefit past two minutes. Okay. so you can do it it's just ego at that point so she goes just go in for two minutes see you know and you're and as soon as you sit in you freak out right and then you yes. start to breathe very heavy so what she's saying is the, the time you should be focusing on is how quickly you can calm yourself down so how quickly you can go from reacting to the ice to responding to the ice that's mm-hmm. the first thing and then she says when you get out again now you're really cold how quickly can you get yourself back to a normal temperature naturally so like you don't jump into a sauna. She's saying, you know, do some squats, do some pushups, do something, warm up your body. How quickly can you do that? Right. right. So it's less about staying in the ice for, for 10, 15 minutes and, and and doing some Guinness Book of Records stuff because, you know, we have, you know, extremities and, and, and body parts that can't survive, you know, right. and I remember when I did the 13 minutes um, and it was an interesting kind of conversation about pain because um, Wim said, he goes, you'll know the difference between like this is scaring me pain and like wait a minute i should take that serious and 13 minutes in the ice for me i could feel pain in my toes versus everywhere else and i'm like wait a minute this isn't the same as the other pain i'm feeling everywhere else i shouldn't i shouldn't push through this
0: right you know, right and then
1: i got out and i think that was the important thing as well like it was don't don't overdo it you know and and, and then again you're also amongst people who aren't going to judge you if you get out and and, right. and then realizing now yeah and then since then I've, you only do two minutes
0: Great, thank you, Dr. Trish. Shout out to her because, (laughs) but that makes far more sense to me. I was kind of like, okay, interesting. Really, it felt to me. I was like, oh, great. I'm trying to do these things to like improve my mental health, and I was like, oh, this is a backward step because it's just a real
1: like snapshot
0: of like, oh, great. I. It's just how quickly
1: can yeah? How quickly can because I think the first time I ever did it, I think the first time I ever did it, we did ten minutes, and the first two minutes, I'm just freaking out. Yeah. Rehearsing my apology to the rest of the people in there because I'm about to get out, but then within the first within about two to three minutes, your body adjusts and you're like, "Wait a minute, I can completely do this." So it's like, "Okay, just staying in there for two minutes, it'll figure itself out." So when she's like, "Okay, now try to make that two minutes thirty seconds to get your body to that piece." Yeah. So then for me, it's like re- rehearsing my breath, getting my breath ready, going in instantly, feeling that oh shit, I'm going to die, and like breathe through it, breathe through it, breathe. Okay, I'm good. OK, let me squeeze my elbows against my sides and get a little bit of warmth. OK, I'm good. OK, let me wiggle my toes. OK, I'm good. Oh, man, we're good. And then and maybe that, that takes me rehearsal. a minute to get there. Yeah.
0: Such a great rehearsal for life of pan through panic, right? Of anything happening and going like, OK.
1: Yeah. And, and, again, and, the, yeah and the beauty that. of yeah. that, the beauty of yeah. as I'm saying, like you, you are practicing your swing. Mm-hmm. So when life throws curveballs at you, you're better prepared. And you have to voluntarily put yourself through stress. and so. Because here's the thing, we all have experienced, like stress has found all of us, hard times have found all of us, and we've evolved and stepped up to the plate when it was time and became better people from it. All I'm saying is when things are good, voluntarily put yourself in those stressful situations. And then you regulate your your flight or flight up here. So all the day-to-day bullshit doesn't trigger it. Mm. You know, so you won't be reacting to to small things because especially if you start your day, like sitting in ice is one of the hardest things I think any human can do. You do you start your day with that, nothing much in the rest of your day is gonna stress you out. Your body's already kind of pre-alkalined to a certain mm. level, and now you're kind of good. And I yeah. think that's that's the whole purpose of this, which is like, you know, rip the muscles voluntarily, you'll get stronger you know put yourself in stressful situations voluntarily you'll get more resilient
0: love that uh something i ask of my guests is what their brain looks like if it was a scene what's going on up there
1: my brain mhm probably quiet chaos okay yeah, there's Isn't... a lot of, there's a lot going on there but it's not a Is it like,
0: uh, like a crime thing with like, uh, you know, string going to different things or is it like seem calm, a calm water with rippling at the bottom?
1: You know what? It could be a crime thing. And I think the, the, the the little dopamine happens when when I do connect, make a connection. Right. (laughs) So I'll just be like, Oh, I didn't put this and this together and like, boom. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I feel like I do have, a, I mean, I'm I'm a creative, so, you know, I, there's a busy mind, but it doesn't, you know, I think, as I practice more self-awareness, like, I understand that overthinking is great to be a creative, um, overthinking is not great to get started, or overthinking is not great when somebody doesn't reply to a text message or whatever, so I'm starting to see the differences, mm. Um and being a lot more aware of my relationship with, you know, kind of re- my reward systems, my serotonin, my dopamine levels, all of that. Um, spending time on my phone, on the computer, you know, doing that. So I have like small commitments. Like I have to see the sunlight before I look at my phone. I have to be outside.
0: I love you know? that. That's
1: a yeah. great one. Yeah. And it's just, and again, it's a small challenge. It's, it's sometimes way more difficult than you think and you know all i've done is from what i've done is just you know adjusted my environment accordingly so my phone is the furthest it can be in my apartment from where my bed is um and i try to for it not to be in the space of me trying to go outside and have a little puppy have to take her outside in the morning first thing anyways so it all works out from that capacity but yeah being outside staring at a tree staring at the clouds or whatever that's you know these are natural colors that do a lot to, to regulate, you know, our, our, our heart rate and, and our stress levels and everything. Cause the moment you start looking at that phone, you know, we're, we're back to this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, one of my goals, uh, well, actually <laughs> this is a good segue, sorry. And then I will let you go. I don't want to take too much of your oh, time. No, I'm
1: fine. I, just, I have my little puppy was moving around trying to make sure oh, she wasn't, yeah. yeah, I'm okay for time. Um,
0: One of my goals, and I guess I can start it now under the guise of a New Year's resolution, but apparently 80% of those don't work. So um, (laughs) uh, is to be a little bit more like less reactionary. So I feel like I, for what I do in life, you know, my day changes, I'm doing things and I kind of spend a lot of my day just reacting to what's coming at me and emails coming at me that does this. And I really... I'm struggling even with my best intentions to be um, take a little control back. Cause I do feel like I'm an extremely reactionary person. Um, I, I lead with emotions first. Uh, so that is kind of my, one of my things that I'm working on. Um, even though news resolutions, apparently 80% of them fail. What is something that you are hoping for this next little ch- chunk of life for you? What is one that you're setting?
1: Um, I, I mean, back to yours for a moment. I think what would be very useful is, um, it should not be, you know, I think we all, and this is a Joe Dispenza idea, we all react.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we can't say, okay, I'm going to re- react less and respond more. What we can do is we can reduce our reaction time and get to a responsive time. So yeah. you're driving your car, someone cuts you off, you're going to have an emotional reaction. But the question is, is that emotional reaction going to last all day? Is it going to last an hour? Is it going to last a minute? Is it going to last five seconds? Right. Make peace with the fact that there will be an emotional reaction. And it goes back, you know, even going back to breathing, that is something that you can do without anybody in the room even noticing that you're taking deep breaths, that you're doing all of that. So it's really about how quickly can I bring myself to peace? How quickly can I bring myself to a... Because nobody is, is, is not having emotional, visceral reactions.
0: And I actually I don't don't want to sound like I'm apologizing for having my emotions. I love that I'm an emotional person and I have big emotions. What I would like to do is almost limit the time until I come to a place of logic. Sometimes my emotions are so heightened that uh, about something or I just have these big reactions because I'm a highly sensitive person. And it, I I do always eventually get to the place of logic of like, OK, the reason why I felt like that is because I was feeling a bit insecure and I'm tired and, I, you know, mm-hmm. I was clutching for something to be upset about. And I always make it to that. But the time in which it takes me to get to that. It, it, I I can do some damage in that window. And as, so, as we
1: all can. And that's like, exactly what I'm saying. So it's not one yeah. versus the other. It's just shrinking that yeah. time. And again, it goes back to, you know, when you are calm, putting yourself in stressful situations. And that by, you know, I'm just thinking when I was an elementary school teacher, the first time a kid got sick and vomited, like everyone freaked out. But you know, right. after a couple of years, you get used to it. Now your response, your reaction time shrinks and your response time quickens, right? Yeah. Say, hey, I know what to do. It's okay. We'll be okay. But mm-hmm. that's life continually happening to me until I built a resilience. But I, but if I voluntarily put myself in those stressful situations, that's that's a whole different case. Um, so for me, you know, New Year's resolutions definitely don't work or last. And, and I don't think they're really good for your your self-esteem or your, your self-love. Um, and I think instead of setting resolutions which are expectations which just set intentions um and set measurable intentions um so I think for me specifically I think for me specifically uh I just and I didn't wait till New Year's for this but I recently uh um divorced the ideas of happiness and success and I've replaced them with fun and hopefulness so now Mm -hmm. Yeah. So prioritizing much more fun and cultivating a life that keeps me in a state of hopefulness, uh, having, giving me stuff to look forward to um, and realizing that like, that's at the end of the day, as we go deep, why do we do anything? It's going to go back to that. You know, it's going to, we're only working to have money to survive, but why are we surviving? So we can enjoy experiences in life. So I think for me now, you know, trying to incorporate that into my work, trying you know, and then even when there are moments, for example, I'm doing, you know, dozens and dozens of interviews for, uh, to promote a book, or I'm being on social media, or I'm shaking hands, kissing babies, all these things, which may not be, you know, uh, my natural, what what I normally do in a a, a day or year, is I pick a start time and pick an end time. And I'm like, all right, we're going to, this is what we're going to do. This isn't forever. This is what we're going to do. And maybe while we do this, it's it's not we don't have the time or bandwidth to cook a healthy breakfast, so we're going to McDonald's. But that's okay. We're going to do that from this date to this date. Yeah, and then go nice. back to normal. So I think for me, that just that that further grace, I think is something that I'm definitely trying to uh, incorporate much more into my life. Um, as well as I think for the relationships that I have from a work perspective um starting to look at them a lot more monogamously and being like look stop trying to work with somebody that can get you ahead look at somebody as and like can I get old with this person can we look back and have worked on 12 things together um even if they're not the most plugged in or they're not the most uh you know successful or have the most resources in this space you know do they get me do I get them Could we begin a journey versus trying to uh ride somebody else's coattails who may already have things going on so i think for me that's a really big one that's um, great as yeah. i'm exploring new opportunities in my career and i think that's i'm like okay focus on having fun and focus mm-hmm. on working with people you can have fun with versus trying to be a politician and navigate a bunch of people who may be able to take you quote unquote farther hmm yeah
0: That's so good. That's such an aha moment for me as well. Cause I've tried the other and it doesn't work and the relationships are empty and it's always, there's a power imbalance. And I think for a
1: lot of us, we can, we can, depending on how long we've been doing, whatever we're doing, if you look back at all your, your highlight moments of your career, you know, and you can reverse engineer them now and be like, well, how, how did that happen? Did that happen? Because I met the right person and pitched myself and then they opened the door for me and it all was happily ever after it's like no like most of the people you worked with were people you worked with you came up with together or you know maybe you did meet somebody at a party but it wasn't to network maybe you guys met because you know you guys both smoke weed and were you know found a corner to hide and smoke weed or something and then a friendship developed and three years later you guys did a project together or you may you know you went on a hike with somebody and then three years later they dropped your name in the room when it was relevant you know like stuff like that happens all the time and I think it's more important in that context, and I think also um, dramatically becoming more uh, um, more available in the world of service. Um, you know, Jay Shetty has a really beautiful definition of service, which is just leaving people happier than you 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 met them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: I think I used to look at service as giving people what they want. I think now it's more like somebody asked me for something. You know it, it doesn't have to be a yes or a no it can be a okay i can't do what you're asking for but i can do this yeah you no know? i can't give you someone's phone number but i can reach out to them on your behalf or i can't you know i can't give you 10 bucks but i can give you two you yeah. know and i think that still leaves them in a better situation than when you met them um and service i think service is so essential for people's uh Personal, mental, yeah. and spiritual growth.
0: Hundred percent. Hey, um, thank you so much for your time today. I I've been really looking forward to having this chat, and um, I. There's been a lot of amazing tokens that I'm sure listeners will get to, but selfishly, just heaps for myself. So, um, you've definitely been of service to me, uh, and and thank you. And hopefully, I can be of service to you that this conversation will encourage people, as it has to, after hearing, um, to to follow you and to purchase your book because. Um, yeah, I, I think just you're right. You you present ideas in a digestible way that doesn't feel like it's so far fetched. It feels quite simple, really, which is a really that feels it far more achievable than these aspirational kind of big word. I, <laughs> I
1: think it's also I, Yeah. And I also feel like, you know, none of these ideas feel revolutionary or like some sort of secret that I I I uncovered. I think what I'm realizing now that I'm on my third book, um, is that people are gravitating towards this because the it feels right and 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 all i'm really doing is challenging the beliefs that are kind of in the public ethos which are often inspired by um old religions cultures traditions heritages and also consumerism and capitalism like there's a lot of ideas that have been planted into us so they could sell us shit, and i think all I'm doing is challenging those ideas and and getting us back to stuff that feels right. Versus, you know, I don't have any secrets. I'm not I'm not uncovering any secrets that people don't know. I think I'm but just you're, helping. you're people.
0: reminding us of of the boil. they already know. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that's what feels good about it. It's like, wait, I know this, but it's such a sick yes. way to remind myself to be like. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And and, and, that's, and that's my value add is I put the words together. As I said, I, ta- I take great notes and I'm sharing my notes. So don't don't ever mix me up as I'm not the expert in the fields. I'm just a kid taking the notes.
0: Well, it's a it's a pleasure to to hear the kid at the front of the class. So paying very much close attention. Um, thank you so much. It's been a real treat and have an amazing day and good luck with the book. Hopefully lots of Kiwis and New Zealanders get excited about it, too.
1: Thank thank you so much. I really appreciate it.